Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Lara Marie Shanehalls. And I'm Carrie O'Donnell. And together, we are the hosts of Sexy Unique Podcast, a podcast for geniuses about reality TV, pop culture, and every once in a while, a tangent about 9-11. I mean, it really affected all of us. On Sexy Unique Podcast, we insist on discussing the creme de la creme of reality television. From the current season of Vanderpump Rules to tried and true classics like early seasons of Real Housewives of New Jersey, to underrated gems like VH1's Rock of Love, and even Gallery Girls, we're talking about all of it. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Sexy Unique Podcast now on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever podcasts matter. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hey, book lovers. My name is M, and I want to talk about books. And cats. book lovers. So right up front, I have to tell you that this episode does not have a chapter of my weekly writing project, Heart of the Storm, in it. Um, I didn't get one done, just to be honest. It was bound to happen. I made it 13 weeks straight, which is pretty good. Sometimes life gets in the way and it just didn't happen. But if you are looking for more of my writing this week's Storytime with M on Sunday, will be both chapters 10 and 11 from Feelers. So you get twice as much Feelers this week, but no Heart of the Storm. I'll try for two chapters of that next week. We'll see how that goes. So in other book news, Beverly Cleary has passed away. She was 104. What a nice, long, productive, and creative life she had. I have always loved Beverly Cleary. I still clearly remember my first Ramona book. Um, I won some kind of reading challenge in second grade. And my prize was a book, and it was Ramona and her father. And then after I read that one, I read the rest of them, because I loved Ramona. I like that she wrote a little girl who was also, like, very much a tomboy, and that wasn't, like, super common back then. And I definitely felt, um, I definitely felt a connection with Ramona. Um... So yeah, Beverly Cleary shaped a huge piece of my childhood, and I'm absolutely amazed that she lived to be 104. Rest in peace, Beverly Cleary. So I listened to this podcast called Do You Need a Ride? It's a comedy podcast. They talk about random stuff, and they had a guest on who was talking about Jane Austen because they were kind of like, you know, making the point that, well, we call it like historical romances. She didn't write historical romances. She wrote modern novels of the time that she lived in. And then, um, you know, in the 19, like, 40s or 50s, they created the romance novel as we know it today. And also, fun fact, or not so fun, really, um, 
romance novels in the 1950s and 60s were sold in grocery stores, and today, honestly. Um, but it was because women were not allowed to control their own money or have any money that was their own to spend. So they could hide romance novels in their grocery budget so they could still at least get a book and read the scandalousness inside. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love a good romance novel. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Depressing, but interesting. So I want to give a plug to a book that I am currently in the middle of reading, but it's already so great. Um, it's an early copy of Garden by Carol James Marshall, who I discussed in a previous episode when I read her book Demon Dealer. You can pre-order the book now, and there's a link in the show details if you want to read it. It is so good. She writes such good horror, and it's clean. And this one involves cannibals. Um, and I'm very interested to see where it's going because it is fascinating. So check that out. It's really great. And when I finish it, I'm sure I'll be talking about it. <laughs> but today, I'm going to talk about Need by Joelle Carboneau. So this was a random pick. Amazon suggested it based on some other books that I had bought. And the cover was cool, and it got my attention, and the story seemed like something I'd enjoy. So I bought it. And to say that I enjoyed this book would be an understatement. This is how young adult fiction should be written. I think most writers probably know that feeling of finishing an amazing book and thinking, damn, I wish I'd written that. I know that envy is a useless emotion and stems from the fact that I have not yet written anything that I feel is as good um, and may never, honestly. We're all on our own paths. But it's also an acknowledgement of how much this book struck me. So I read a lot of great books. Um, you hear me talk about them every week. I really enjoy and truly love a lot of books, but there are very few that I get that envious feeling from. Um, and they do tend to be young adult fiction just because that's kind of what I write too. I don't know. And sometimes there's some good YA fiction out there. I think it's okay to have a little bit of envy for a moment, as long as you acknowledge it and then let it go. Um, can you tell I've been in therapy for a while? <laughs> it is helpful, though. Everyone feels envy at some time, and it's all about what you do with it, which kind of goes for any emotion. So after my momentary jealousy, I brought it to my oldest kiddo, who's a freshman this year, and told them they had to read it ASAP. Um, not necessarily because there's a good message in there, and there is one, but... Because this is an action-packed book about teens and social media and what they will do to get what they want. And it doesn't pull any punches. I just knew that they would absolutely love it. So this book starts out with a message on a website that says, Want. A desire to possess or do something. A wish. Need. Something required because it is essential. Something very important that you cannot live without. What do you need? So that is the prevalent theme in this book, in case you couldn't tell from the title. But the students at Nottawa High School don't quite understand the difference. This begins with a new social media platform. Our main character, Kaylee's best friend, Nate, has been invited to join, and he sent her an invite. That's the thing about need. It fulfills your requests, but only after you've done something to earn it. Nate's first request only requires him to add five new people, which is not difficult at first, but soon everyone in their school is on need, and the social media platform is only for Nottawa High School students. There's no one left to invite, but there are still needs to fulfill. 
This is when the requirements start getting a little more complicated. Most of the students ask for trivial things, new computers, iPhones, concert tickets, not truly needs. They are unafraid of being judged for it because the main rule of need is anonymity. The students have an account number but no identifying information, and it is against the rules to discuss anything about need, what it does for you or asks of you to anyone, ever. It's rule number three. So Kaylee Dunham has a real need. She needs a kidney donor for her little brother. She's wary of the new site and seriously doubts they can fulfill her need, but she's tried everything else. Kaylee is an outcast in the town because when her dad left around the time they found out DJ needed a kidney, she tried to force people to be tested for a match. She tried to find out the blood type of other students. She kept trying anything she could think of to help her brother. Meanwhile, she was ostracized, and even her mother thinks she's an attention seeker and completely over the top. Honestly, the way that her mother, like, spends all of her time on DJ and completely ignores Kaylee is very upsetting. So luckily, she has a best friend named Nate, who's a popular kid that has stuck by her since they were little, especially through her rough patch. And he's good to her brother, too. Even her mom approves of having him around and will listen to Nate over Kaylee at times. She wouldn't love it if she knew that he was helping Kaylee try to find her dad, someone who could be a possible match, because her mom has forbidden her from trying to find him and would be absolutely furious. Meanwhile, DJ still needs a kidney, so Kaylee signs up for need. She sends the necessary invites and tells them what she needs. She knows it will ruin her anonymity because everyone knows what she's looking for. But to her surprise, something different happens. Her need is being assessed, but it is marked as hidden from the group. Kaylee is relieved, but also still not very hopeful. From there, the chapters each cover a different character, all high school kids, and their supposed needs and what tasks they must perform. The first ones, while strange, seem harmless enough. The kids don't understand, and they don't ask why they're doing it, they just do it. Because it's simple, and the reward is huge. But then there starts to be consequences for these little tasks, and the new tasks are much more sinister. But the smaller tasks were too. As innocuous as they seemed at the time, the outcome of some of them were fatal. Now Need has something on the kids. It knows their secrets. And to avoid being exposed, the teenagers must now complete some truly terrible tasks. If they really need the thing they asked for. It's entirely their choice. So as a little sidebar to the book, this kind of reminded me of the Milgram experiment. I don't remember much from college, but that one really stuck with me. It was an experiment where they would have people administer shocks to an unseen, though definitely heard person on the other side of a wall. And as the shocks increased in severity, the unseen person would scream and beg for mercy. Most subjects took it disturbingly far just because a person with a lab coat told them to. The person wasn't actually being shocked, they were acting, but the subjects thought it was real, and some even went so far that the person fell silent. It's disturbing. Anyway, back to the book, which is less depressing than that tangent. So, Kaylee starts piecing it together pretty early on, and she knows something isn't right. She tries to tell the police, but because of her prior issues, they aren't really listening. And it also doesn't help that when she tries to show the officer the site, it's down, and she has no proof. The other issue is that some of the earlier tasks are done in such a way as to make it look as if Kaylee is involved. Okay, 
So here I need to be honest and say that I had a slight inward groan when I started seeing this. I thought she was going to be framed and have to prove herself and maybe get committed, because that's what her mom and the school shrink wanted. It could still be interesting, but I thought at that point that I had the book figured out and I was kind of disappointed. The key word here is thought. I thought I had it figured out. So is there a little bit of what I thought it was going to be? Yes. But there is more than that. And that's what made this book so enviable. I love it when I don't immediately figure it out. This one had some twists and turns that were not entirely unexpected, but they were done well and in such a way that things were kept mysterious until close to the reveal. Joelle Carboneau did a great job of keeping the people behind Need very secret. There were a lot of suspicious characters, and the actual reveal was great. Um, Even the ending to this was satisfying, another thing that I always struggle with in my own writing. The ending was maybe a little too neat, but I loved the very end. It reminded me of an old sci-fi horror movie type ending. Obviously, I'm not someone who shies away from YA books, even though I'm 40 years old. I think the writing can be incredibly good, the plots are engaging, and it tends to be a nice quick read, and there's nothing wrong with that. Plus, I really like writing YA books, and I like to read different authors' styles. I will definitely be reading more from Joelle Carboneau. This book was excellent. And now for a quick break. Hey, cat lovers. Are you looking for a special treat for your favorite furry friends? Petsmarket.org has everything that your pet needs. They're crazy pet lovers located in Colorado Springs, and their store offers you a wide variety of unique pet merchandise, providing you better ways of caring for your pet at the best prices. Go to PetsMarket.org, that's .org, and use code EMSBOOKS20 for 20% off your order. That's E-M apostrophe S, Books20. You can find the link and the code in the show notes. Whether it's an adorable new bow tie, medications to keep them healthy, or a stylish new water bowl, you can find everything your pet needs at PetsMarket.org. Welcome back, book lovers. I just wanted to take a second and tell you about some new things that are coming to the podcast. I've got some special episodes that are going to start popping up here and there pretty soon that I am very excited about. And I also am working so hard to add more stuff to my Patreon. So the Patreon is up and running. It's Books and Cats Pod. Books, letter N, Cats Pod. Right now, you can read one of my plays. It's called My Zombie Romeo. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of, uh, it starts at the end of of Romeo and Juliet, but it takes a turn. And I think it's funny. (laughs) But I'm going to be adding a couple more things real soon. Um, One of them is going to be a short story that is practically a novella, I'm learning, uh, audiobook. And uh, there's going to be some reaction videos. I'm going to start a vlog. Um, I'm really excited about it, and I would love to have people on there to share my stuff with. So check it out. Any help is greatly appreciated to help the podcast keep growing, but I appreciate you just listening, too. So let's see. Cat stuff. I had a giant mouse in my house the other day, and that is just, that's just not okay. I know I've discussed the whole mouse thing and how I scream when I see mice, Surprisingly, I didn't scream when I saw this one, but I think it's because I was at the top of the stairs and it was at the bottom. But it was four o'clock in the morning. I got up. I looked at the bottom of the stairs and it looked like a toy. 
because it was so big that it couldn't possibly be a mouse. Um, so I stared at it for a while. I got about halfway down the stairs, realized it was real, and ran away. Woke up my husband at four in the morning and made him deal with it. He says that I am overestimating the size of it. I was saying it was close to the smallest cat's size. That's not really true. But it was huge. I've never seen a mouse that big. I don't think it was a rat. It didn't look like a rat. It looked like a big field mouse. But it was it was my nightmare. So that's fun. Another fun cat thing is my husband found a picture of a man who grew out his beard. He had this big, huge, bushy red beard, and he kind of like hollowed out a space in it to keep his cats. So his cats would just ride around inside his beard. And I thought that was kind of wild. It would really, really be bad if they got fleas. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) So I am going to end with our quote of the week. And this one is about writing. Um, Because I've been thinking a lot about writing and writers, even though I haven't actually been doing any writing. Um, So this is Anais Nin. And the quote is, We write to taste life twice, in the moment and in retrospect. And I just love that because even if you're not completely recreating something, um, I think every piece of your writing has a connection to some little piece of you. So you get to experience that moment again when you're writing. I just explained the quote. I know that was not at all useful. Um, (laughs) I'm all over the place this week. So, yes, uh, check out my Patreon, check out the merch. I'm working on a website where everything will be in one place, and that will be awesome, but it takes a while. (laughs) Stay tuned for some new fun projects coming soon, and make sure to check out Storytime with M on Sunday. We're doing a double one this week, uh, chapters 10 and 11 of Feelers. And next week, I promise that Heart of the Storm will be back. So no need to stick around after the music this time, guys. Yeah, I am. I'm all over the place today. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I really, really appreciate all of you. Um, I was number 64 in uh, the Ukraine in podcasts about books the other day. So that was kind of neat. Hi, Ukraine. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, spread the word. Tell your friends. um, Send me book recommendations, even though I already have too many books. I just bought four more. Oh my God. And until next time, keep reading. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Lara Marie Shanehalls. And I'm Carrie O'Donnell. And together, we are the hosts of Sexy Unique Podcast, a podcast for geniuses about reality TV, pop culture, and every once in a while, a tangent about 9-11. I mean, it really affected all of us. On Sexy Unique Podcast, we insist on discussing the creme de la creme of reality television. 
From the current season of Vanderpump Rules to tried and true classics like early seasons of Real Housewives of New Jersey, to underrated gems like VH1's Rock of Love, and even Gallery Girls, we're talking about all of it. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Sexy Unique Podcast now on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever podcasts matter. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.